Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks! Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you're listening to Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. With me this week is Vanessa Kurgan, and we've actually never met, so we're going to meet live right now in front of our audience. Um, Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, I met you through my wife, Alana, and you guys are old friends, and I understand that you still live here in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. And I have kind of a standard question I ask all my guests, which is, uh, how old are you? Where did you grow up? And what generation do you think you belong to? So I'm 39. Um, I am a millennial, the beginning stages of a millennial, and I'm from like uh, the Chicagoland area. Cool. Um, And so now you're down in Phoenix. And uh, what are you doing for a living? Um, I am an esthetician. So I'm doing currently doing lashes. Awesome. Very cool. Um, I've definitely seen the proliferation of that enterprise uh, as the older I get. And uh, I assume you're doing well in these end of COVID times and all that. Yeah, I'm, you know, I think we're all trying to make our ends meet with uh, where we're at. But um, I would say that COVID hasn't done me terrible. I think it's been a perfect time to kind of just be more still and silent and kind of like get to know myself without all the activity and the crazy thoughts that come with the activity of a busy life. Awesome. And I'm going to ask you like the weirdest question ever, but I think it'll make sense to you. Um, you signed your email to me, the very similar to how I sign up with a lot of people. And I, I often get told that it's uh, strange, but I didn't think it was strange. I loved it. You said sent with love. It was actually with a heart symbol instead of love. Yeah. And so that yeah. instantly endeared you to me because uh, I felt like a very kindred spirit kind of thing. So I'm going to kind of start there. Um, what has okay. enabled you to be the kind of human who has no like fear of vulnerability and just saying that to not a stranger. Cause I mean, you are my wife's friend, but that sort of like really warm warmth that you bring to the table. Can you explain that? Do you have an explanation for that? You know, I think, I think I would say, um, my life was a little, um, rough and tough, not how my soul wanted it to be, but that was part of my journey and it was necessary. And so, um, going through that and and seeing how I hurt myself and I hurt other people um, that helped me to really want to change myself. And I think it was mostly because I was hurting so much and not realizing why I was hurting so much when in actuality, I wanted so much love, but I wasn't receiving it, even though I felt like I was trying. And so, um, you know, when it comes to doing all the work on myself and everything, um, I had done um, a workshop and this woman, I had a rough moment and she gave me this like, um, what was it? Like a felt shaped heart. And I was just like, I love that because it was like, it didn't cost much. It wasn't, it wasn't like anything like material, but it meant a lot because it came from her heart. And so um, when I think of like, I'm really not a big email person, but um, to me, it was kind of like, we all kind of have bad days. And so um, just sending it with love, you know, like if I can, I'm not too scared to be vulnerable. Um, I think maybe when I'm in the moment of going through something, it's harder to be vulnerable. 
But um, I do like to share my stories because I feel like as humans, we tend to not realize what we're going through or we don't realize where it came from. And sometimes I think that society makes us think that um, we have to put on this face and we have to keep moving forward. And I think that comes from like how we are raised from like our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation. And then we think that we're supposed to fulfill the same role when in actuality, I think when they say that for millennials, like we're the lazy generation, I think that that's because we are meant to create more than we're actually creating. And we're living lives like our parents said, um, which is just go out there and get a job, go to college and get a job. When, you know, when my parents have told me that it's caused a lot of like tension because, um, well, not my parents, my mom, cause my dad doesn't do that. But my <laughs> mom, like it, it's, it's more of that. I'm not happy when I'm doing for other people, but yet I'm also like not quite at a point where I'm able to like jump off the cliff and um, just do like, this grandiose business. So I'm stuck in this phase, which 2020 has kind of helped me because it's allowed me to really just be silent with myself, but still make money and be able to provide for myself. So, but not like on this grand scale where I think that like I'm, you know, drowning or anything. So I kind of went off on a tangent. And no, I no, talked. that was perfect. And uh, it, it fed me enough content that I could ask you questions for more than an hour. So now I actually have the difficult job of uh, funneling the many, many questions I want to ask you into several uh, more poignant ones. So I guess I'll start with um, your family and your background, not getting specifically into your relationship with your parents, but I agree. I mean, we're the same age. We're both 39 and we were kind of raised with this, like you do have to have a career, you do have to have a job, but then also the kind of other balance of like, even just in the nineties, like Bill Clinton telling us like, go get an education, make sure you go to college, even if you're not going to use the degree. And so I'm curious where, you kind of alluded to the fact that you weren't always so open and warm. So can you kind of trace me through maybe those moments? Like, was it childhood, teenage years, early twenties? Like when did you, you're judging yourself. I, I'm not saying it's true or not, but like, when did all that happen? Oh, it was like, I think I came out of the womb, the womb like that, but I think that was really part of my journey. Um, because I was, I was loved beyond, I beyond me ever knowing it was just, my parents didn't have the five, like our generation, our parents didn't grow. I, okay. Like I believe that we pick our parents. And so with us being able to pick our parents, that's going to help us to go through the journey that we're supposed to go through in this life. Now we also pick our date of birth because we know what's going on and what's going to come through evolution of life. And so, you know, millennials and the newer generations, we chose to come into this world being a part of like the computer system, social media, all that. And though it is, it's like a give and take curse and like a blessing. Um, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, you kind of, we had to go through it, like the struggles of it, but going back, um, our parents didn't have books and people to reach out to, to um, basically ask advice. They raised us how they knew, how they were raised. And so because of that, you know, I didn't, I needed way more love and attention and like a little bit more of a docile loving. Um, and that's okay. But um, yeah, so I, I was, I think, I think it made me a little bit more um, 
suppressing myself and I self-sabotaged myself in life, um, which kept me from like knowing my soul. And, and then I honestly didn't get to know myself probably till my mid thirties. So there was a lot of stuff that I had built up and, and created barriers where I had to break them because I didn't know who I was and all the damage that I had gone through in life or like just hurtfulness, um, I had created myself. So it was something that, you know, I, I played a victim and um, I tried to blame people, but in actuality, I put myself in those situations and by me not loving myself, um, I created the environment and the people that I surrounded myself with to create the lessons that I needed to go through to make it so bad so that I can correct things and understand and try to work to move past them. Cool. And uh, you're the very first person to ever start answering the question I usually ask uh, without me even asking it. So I'm going to kind of backpedal now because you mentioned the word soul enough times and you talked about like life lessons and your journey and all that. So I don't think there's a name for the philosophy that you're kind of espousing, but um, is it is it safe to say that you do believe that you have a soul which has many lives and this is but one of them or am I totally just fumbling? Yes. No, yes. I don't know if I am categorically underneath one label or topic. Um, I just relate to myself as spiritual. Um, I believe that anybody can be anything that they want. Um, whatever gets you to understanding that there is a higher power of some sort, whether that's God, source, universe, trees, plants, whatever you believe in, um, because there is something out there that has created all this and has created us. And I do believe that um, I believe in reincarnation. My cat has been reincarnated, so I really believe in that. Um, but yeah, so I think I think life is cool. I think the hardest part is being on Earth because we have emotions and you know just the whole material and all that stuff to deal with. But our soul always knows the truth. Awesome. Our soul always knows the truth. That's a great statement, and I'm probably going to quote you on that. So. Um, I mean, it sounds, we sound pretty similar actually in a weird way. Like I definitely had a major unforeseen and traumatic episode in my mid thirties that kind of shook me as I would say awake from like the zombie former self that walked through life and did an okay job of it, but was not too interested in this, what you refer to as a life journey. So, uh, I don't need you to get into the specifics of like what happened in your mid thirties, but now that you are on this journey, how is that uh, shaping your life? How, how are things changing for you on the inside and the outside? Um, lately it's been gratitude, um, to actually feel grateful for things. Um, I think, I think in the past when I would see people that I looked up to and I wanted to emulate and be them, um, you know, it was like, I'm a Pisces. I should be spiritual. Like I want to be them. Like, like, why is it happening? Um, so, you know, I would just like dig in deep and follow people, um, and, kind of realizing like, okay, take away the things that are distracting me, which is following things that are only going to make me insecure and, you know, and not going to really bring me to where I want to go. And so doing things like that, um, you know, have helped me on the journey, but um, it's been, I mean, I'm very into plant medicine. So that has been a big um, part of my journey. Um, I think meditation, though I don't do it daily, um, when I do get into it, it helps me to reconnect. And then I've noticed that when I'm more not in, distracted with like just noise, um, I, I either like to listen like positive spiritual podcasts or things that are helping my mind, 
or like being in silence and stuff. But um, not to say that I don't do TV and stuff like that because I do. But um, but things like that have helped me. And then getting back to the gratitude, I think that um, you know the last five years it was never good enough. You know, it was always something like I want more. That craving, that desire, that need because you see that growth. But you know, we have those goals, and and this has been one of my um, parts of my life that I've actually set goals with because I, I kind of, as my boyfriend likes to say, I'm like a leaf blowing in the wind. Like I just, I just kind of float through life. But um, I, I realized that I'm very grateful for my past. I'm grateful that my parents were who they were. You know, um, I would never take back my childhood, even though, you know, for so long I thought I was unloved and I was a burden and all those. Um, I I wouldn't take back all of my times that I was suppressed and I overdrank and I created chaos and fights with people because I just wasn't feeling loved. And I thought that if I got loud enough and I fought hard enough that people would see my side and they would love me. That's where I was. And, you know, and now I think, there's a lot of people who don't know me and they don't understand me and they may be confused and still seeing me as that person. And rightfully so they have every right to do that. But um, I think that, you know, it took me being hurt like that to get to where I'm at. And also if people aren't willing to forgive me for my past mistakes and see me for where I'm at, then that's okay too. Like I'm at a point where it's like, thank you for being a part of my life, but also you don't have to continue being part of my life because um, that doesn't mean that you're bad or I'm bad. Like I wish happiness for all of us because once you do go on this journey, um, you realize that like we're all capable of this. And it's it's just like our mind and like the environment of life that like keeps us so small. I can go so deep with that, but I'm like, I don't want to get too political. <laughs> no, no. And actually it's funny because I was like, wondering i have a rule that i don't talk specifically about politics yet i believe it's more than fair to talk about how our spirituality and our philosophies affect uh, our interaction with politics so I, I will let not let you i will encourage you to go there in a minute or two but i do want to make sure i ask two specific questions um the first one is you referred to plant medicine we had a guest on recently who runs an ayahuasca retreat center in ecuador and that's how i met her was i was doing plant medicine down there so I just wanted to clarify for our audience, are you uh, referring to ayahuasca or are you referring to a different, because there's several ones. I love shrooming microdosing. I have moments where I microdose, but I actually did do a journey in ayahuasca um, in Costa Rica this past November. So um, I went, yeah, like it was, it caused a little bit of chaos between everybody else. It was, it was actually quite beautiful because I knew that that was part of my journey and I was so excited. The only fear I had was what if I don't grow enough? Like what if my expectations are too high? But um, being that we were in the middle of this pandemic, um, you know, just going into the like, like just finishing elections and stuff. So everything was chaotic in the world. Um, and I was, heading out instead of spending time with family and friends, you know, for Thanksgiving, um, it did cause a lot of stress for my family and friends. And, you know, my mom, she, <laughs> I got into a fight with her, like, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to not like this and feel uncomfortable. I'm like, but you can't tell me that I can't go. I'm like, because 
would you ever want to look back and think that you held me from growing to my fullest potential? And she, you know, I think that that helped her to see where I was at. But um, all of my friends and religious loved ones, like, just constantly asking, are you sure? Are you going to be okay? Because I was going by myself. I had never traveled out of the country by myself. I was doing it when all this sex trafficking was going on. And they're like, what if something happens to you? You know, like we're in a pandemic like what if you get sick and I was just like I trust myself like I trust this journey like if and I actually had had a moment when deciding where to go that the universe did guide me to where I needed to be because I wanted to do a seven-day retreat and they showed me that I needed to do a five-day so it was just something that like I just had such peace and I've had such peace within me from from since literally I, I went into 2020 and my word was trust and so I have to say like going through 2020 with trust as my my word of the year and actually trusting myself and trusting that we were going to be fine has has created a lot of peace within me and um yeah so it's, it's been pretty cool wow that's that's incredible and that's really um really fascinating that you went alone and during COVID I'm I'm very very impressed um and so I do want to get you maybe to share a little bit more about that. But before I get into that, um, again, we have a, we have pretty similar beliefs. And uh, one thing you said was that you're on this like life mission and this path. I'm curious, do you have an opinion of where the path ends? Does the path end? Is there like a game over? Not in a bad way, but in a good way. Can you become like so-called enlightened and then not reincarnate and not come back? I believe that we do reincarnate. Um, I, I believe that no matter what people's age are currently here on earth, whether it's our grandparent, you know, a newborn baby, um, that doesn't indicate how old our soul is. Um, And I believe that when we, I've always said, earth is hell and death is heaven. And I don't think that like heaven is like you're in the clouds. I think it's just the reason why earth is hell is because we have emotions, you know, we're, we're supposed to challenge ourselves to become better people. And sometimes we don't follow the path and we have to go through the bumpy roads and everybody's life path is different. Cause somebody might say, well, your problems are so easy, but that is my journey and it's my problems, you know? Um, and then, you know, we have to deal with money issues. We have to deal with health. We have to deal with losing people we love. Like it's just, it's just, you know, people being assholes because they don't know themselves and they're honking and, you know, giving you the thing or whatever, whatever it may be. So I believe that living, even though it, it could be the most beautiful thing, it's the part of hell because until you know, and you see to look at life as beautiful, like this is where they are in their journey. Like I'm going to forgive them for being an asshole, or I'm going to forgive myself for being an asshole to that person because I got stuck in emotion and it wasn't that person's fault. And hopefully I can apologize to that person. Um, and then when it comes to death, I think that our soul is just um, it's baseball. You know, there's there's no hate. There's no, there's no, you know that you're always going to be connected to people you love. And I also believe that, like, we are separate from this human body we live in. Our soul, our soul chose to live inside this body, but it's just a meat suit. It's, I mean, and, and we put so much value on, like, oh, you know, you have to have big boobs or you have to, you know, have a six pack or, you know, you have to look this way when that's just our insecurities. I mean, like to have that look is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like um, whether it comes naturally or you work hard for it or you pay for it, you know, like if that's 
where you're at or you're blessed with it, like good, live that life. But in reality, it doesn't make up who we are. And when we get distracted by those things and like fighting for that to be, you know, the face of who we are, we're kind of not living our soul's journey. And that's okay too. You know what I mean? But it's like, you kind of know where people are at when we deal with that. So did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did definitely answer it, but I still want to kind of put a little more pressure on you to answer one part of it more clearly, which is at, at a certain point in a soul's evolution after many, many, many lives, is it possible for the soul to be like, okay, I no longer have to go back to earth, which is hell. I'm now, is there like a next level? Is there something after that? Or is there an end to that? Or do you think it's just an endless, 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 come back to earth, experience emotions, try your best? So two cool things to that. Um, one, the astrologer that I follow, um, she had said that I can't remember how many years, like it could be like 500 to a thousand or maybe a couple thousand. Like we live multiple souls journeys. Um, so, you know, I don't know if necessarily we can say I'm not coming back, um, but it doesn't mean that we reincarnate right away because when our souls like go up to, you know, leave our body, um, what happens is we're still educating ourselves. So the other cool part is that um, I was listening to a podcast today and um, this woman was talking about, I don't know about you, but I believe in aliens and they are here and they're around the corner and they're waiting to come. And the thing is, is that we have this idea of what they should look like. But um, what she was stating is that even aliens have spirit guides. And I didn't even talk about that. So we all have like angels and spirit guides. And that's who I speak to when I'm, you know, needing answers or guidance. Um, yeah. And so she, so she was saying that, um, that even, like everything that has a soul has a spirit guide and, and a guidance guide and a guardian. And the thing is, is that they they can change. We will always have them with us, but sometimes they're a past relative. Sometimes um, they are, um, you know, a soul that that needs to learn through us. Like we're all like interchanging, like through our experiences of learning. Because the thing is, is that we put power into everything. Because on this human earth, like we're told that like the government is in control, the doctor's in control, when in actuality, we're in control, like, we have our own power, like, yeah, you do something, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna need a doctor, or you're, you can go to jail, but in actuality, we have our power, and so the, when you, we get to the journey of actually going to being spiritual, and knowing there's a higher power, and we're praying, or we're speaking to them, asking for guidance, and all that, um, sometimes I think that what the woman on the podcast was saying is that we may also put our guides on this pedestal as if they have all the answers when in actuality, we are also created by God universe. So we have the answers within us. Sometimes they're learning from us and we're, our experiences that we're going through are helping our guides and our, and our angels to, to learn as well. Because then when they come back down to be reincarnated, like they kind of understand the experience through us. Does that make sense? Yeah, not only does it make sense, but it actually uh, corroborates with itself and self-checks. There's like a way you're supposed to go through these things, and you actually did really cover all the bases. I'm fascinated, and I, and I really appreciate your perspective. Um, I guess with what little time we have left, I'd like to now just apply it to the overall theme of this podcast, which is, and you've very much already spoken to this, but um, 
Okay, since you've established that you changed a lot since you did plant medicine, and you specified not just ayahuasca, but also mushrooms, um, which and that's why I said I wanted to know which ones, how much of the person you are today would you attribute not to the act of doing drugs, but to the messages of, and I call them drugs just to, for our layman audience, um, but like those lessons, like would you, do you think you would have learned them without that? Do you think it was a shortcut, not in a bad way, but just like, you know, you could go to the gym and lift weights for two hours instead of one? Like, do you think there's any sort of like methodology to what you did? So for me personally, it helped me to elevate myself to get deeper. Um, I'm also into astrology. So knowing that we're all very different and we all have different purposes. Um, I think that there are people that can get to that point with just eating a clean, healthy diet, you know, with doing water fasts, with doing detoxes, like colon detoxes, things like that. Like, because when our body is internally stuck, we can't connect to our heart. We can't connect to our chakras. We can't connect to our soul. We can't connect our brain through everything. So it's not all connecting together. And then when we're not creating like stillness and silence, like we're distracted by everything where we don't realize these messages are coming to us. Like the universe wants us to succeed. Like we are meant to be like everything that we're supposed to be. And it's just this 3D success, so like world society, like that keeps us so small minded. Um, and so for me, it helped me because I'm just very, I think because of my past and not believing in myself and not trusting myself. Um, and, and because I did self-sabotage with drinking and drugs in the past, um, it was something that was easy for me to go to um, and thinking that I was going to it to suppress myself further. But when in actuality, it wasn't in the moment. I, like every time I do it, it's like I ask myself questions. I'm like, what is life? You know, I'm like that is like my number one question. I'm like, what is life? Like it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's dream, it's beaming, like it's everything. But at the same time, like it's after that. Um, it's, it's after my journey that the messages come to me. And they tend to come to me through journaling. Um, I can not realize that I need to ask myself a question and the answers will come through. Um, I think everybody will get to where they need to be in different outlets and ways. And I think that there are so many options out there. Some people can get there from just being in nature, you know, um, some people can get there from yoga. So it's, it's different. Nobody needs to do plant medicine in order to get there. That was just my journey. And it's honestly something that I connect to and I trust. Um, and I don't look at it as, a drug because a drug is something that is harmful a drug is something that that you need a drug is something that you you can't get off of um for me if it's grown in the ground and and like it's an indigenous plant that like what we found like ayahuasca like when you blend these two together it's like you you like elevate yourself and you're able to think in a clearer more deeper manner i mean it's just government that like puts a, this label on us and like keeps us from growing by saying, um, you know, these are bad things, you know, and, and we trust them and we believe it. And we label people that, oh, you're a bad person for doing it. And that's okay. Like you live your life and I'm going to live my life because I enjoy where I'm at and I know like the benefits that I'm getting from it. So, yeah. Wow. Um, you gave so many beautiful answers today and you gave so many 
kind offerings to our audience. And I'm really thankful. And I kind of want to dance back to like one thing you said that struck me in particular, because it, it's kind of ties into your career and your personality, but you were very, very, um, understanding and you made me feel good about like body image and body issues and stuff. Um, I was like overweight as a teenager. I, I look normal now and I have for 20 years, but I still have like a lot of like, could I look better? How do I look better? And a lot of guilt around that. And, and so because you work in a career where you help people with their own beauty and, and you're so compassionate about it, I think you're in the perfect career. So I wanted to say that to you as a compliment, but I also would just ask you, since you're, you kind of sound like you're very, very capable of helping people who are either recovering addicts or current addicts, but also with the body image and stuff. So, um, what, what would you say is your overall philosophy for both for the self-sabotaging addicts and then also the people who let their, um, their image overpower, like their confidence and their well being? You know, I think it's all a personal journey. Um, and any journey that you go on as a soul's journey is not going to be easy because, um, it's going to be, everything is different for all of us. Um, for me, when I say that, it's because I was on Adderall for like 15 years of my life and that like suppressed my weight. And I still ate as a child, you know, like I was eating pizza and tacos and all that. And I still eat that. But the, the point of the story is that like, um, I was able to create this image and it made me feel as if I was worthy because of my body and my shape. Um, and so when I got off, it was like, I was inflamed. I had gained weight and it, you know, and it was, it, I was, I was depressed for like two years in the sense of that, because one, I knew that I had done that to myself. And the only way to fix it was to get myself from away from something that I was using to kind of maintain my weight. But two, I knew like I had to love myself where I was at. And even if anybody were to judge me because I was no longer like that, that image of what I had always put out and portrayed it's not about that and like I have to love myself and like forgive myself for putting myself through that and I have to clean my body internally but externally with exercise and stuff and I'm still working on that part of my journey that's that's definitely something that hasn't been easy for me but I've gotten to a point where at least I feel that I'm okay with where I'm at even though I know that I'm not finished and I'm not expecting myself where I'm at. Um, and I know that I, I call myself like a human house cat. So in order to make this better, I can't be a human house cat. And that's just like the moral of the story for me. So um, yeah, so it's kind of like, I think everybody's journey is different, but I think that we have to, we have to know that we're all different shapes and sizes. And this is just our human meat body. Like it really isn't anything except for a living organ like a living organism, you know, and it's like, uh, the only, like we're human plants, you know, we have to water ourselves. We have to nurture ourselves. We have to like talk lovingly to ourselves. And if we're not willing to do that and we're only willing to like work out and eat right and diet or whatever. So this, this idea to be loved, then we're actually hurting inside. And the work isn't really about the body. The work is about healing the heart and like, loving ourselves so that this way um we can get to the point of loving ourselves wherever we're supposed to be at wow well that was the best way ever to end this podcast so oh my gosh thank you vanessa for helping us put another nail in the coffin and again you've been listening to coffin talk exit interviews with the living as always i'm mike oppenheim and we'll see you soon Whoa.
walking along.